ESPN Lafayette. Welcome back in to the great Scott show. It is St. Patrick's Day. We got Patty in the park tonight. NFL free agency. Of course, we've been hitting on it a ton. But, you know, today and tomorrow, two of my favorite days of the year, right? It is the round of now 64. Your first four is done. Uh, today and tomorrow, the field gets narrowed down to 32. Those first two days of the NCAA tournament, there's just nothing like it, man. Wall-to-wall basketball. And here to talk to us about it now in this segment is uh, longtime coach Scott Spinelli. He was the um, interim head coach at Boston College last year, many years throughout college basketball. Uh, he played college hoops. He played in the tourney. He's coached in the NBA, and he's our guest now. Good morning, Coach Scott. How are you? Excellent, Scott. Very nice to uh, hear your voice, and uh, glad to be here with you tonight. All right, so we got, morning, I should say. we, we, we got to ask you, what's, uh, what's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? I'm, I'm a brass monkey guy back in the day. I used to pretend I could dance a little bit, but I was actually awful. But that was the song. <laughs> that was back. I mean, brass monkey, I mean, licensed to ill, that's back in your early college days. And you, you know, <laughs> as as a Boston Terrier, you've got to play uh, in the dance, man. So, you know, what's experiencing March Madness, being a part of it as a player and as a coach, is there, in terms of just – I don't know. What's the difference? What's the what's the experience like as a player? What's the experience like as a coach? Well, first of all, as a player, I mean, you know, all the hard work and sacrifice that you put in, um, you know, for progressing throughout your time, you know, when you're younger and your dreams and all of the things that go into getting to college. And then all of a sudden, there you are in you know, your team is called, and, and there's just a feeling of, wow, you know, those dreams. I mean, look, you know, college basketball, high school basketball, you know, it's about dreams, and kids should always have those dreams. And I think, you know, from a player's standpoint, um, you know, dreaming of that moment and then getting your, your team's name called is just a, a dream come true in a lot of ways. Uh, as a coach, you know, look, I mean, you know, you're, you feel like all this sacrifice that, you know, your players have made, you know, you love to coach. This is your passion. This is what you want to do. Um, but you really feel so happy for the players because you want them to experience the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, what it's like, um, you know, all of the media attention, um, having a chance to uh, interact with their classmates on campus is so much fun uh, for the kids once they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, their team is called and they're in the tournament. It's just, it's just, there's nothing like it. Coach Scott Spinelli, our guest, you recruited some great players over the years. I mean, you've been in coaching over three decades and, uh, you know, Alex Lynn, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Middleton, uh, NBA champion, just to name a few. Who's the best college basketball player you ever coached? I'll tell you what, we had a young man by the name of Jerome Robinson at, in uh, at Boston College, and I'm actually going to kind of, you know, his running mate, Kai Bowman, with two kids that I were under the radar that we were fortunate enough to find uh, in this recruiting process um, and evaluating them as being two guys that, you know, were under the radar. And to, to watch what those two guys did at Boston College, I mean, and how they developed, um, unfortunately, they became too good too fast um, 
you know, they were probably arguably the best backcourt in the ACC at one point. But, um, you know, Jerome Robinson, uh, runner-up ACC Player of the Year, he was the first lottery pick in the history of modern-day lottery at Boston College. He was the 13th pick, and, and Kai Bowman was a you know young man left as a junior. But both those two guys put up uh, incredible numbers uh, at Boston College. But, you know, their college careers were, you know, were, um, you know, were incredible as – Chris Middleton, you know, he had a great career in college, but, you know, he uh, actually continued to get better and, and uh, has had a better NBA career. Coach Scott Spinelli, our guest, at Coach underscore Spinelli on Twitter, S-P-I-N-E-L-L-I. Here we are with, um, you know, I know we had the, the, the first four, if you will, the playing games, but today is just, it's, it's one of my favorite days of the calendar year, not just because it's St. Patrick's Day, but because we got March Madness happening do you find yourself as an analyst, you know, it's one thing when you're coaching, when you're analyzing, and I know you've been doing some media hits, do you find yourself, I guess, staring at the bracket a lot longer? Because you're not, you're not preparing for one matchup. You're kind of just sitting back as a spectator this time. So what's your, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, the question on the surface, if somebody didn't know what college basketball was, might think it's silly. But, Coach, what's your relationship like with the bracket? Well, I tell you what, it's, that's a great question. And, you know, Scott, for me personally, um, you know, this was a year that, you know, I, we kind of took a step back. I had a lot of commitments to my children. They were, you know, coming up. I have a senior in high school, a prep school uh, student, um, young kid. And then I have a, you know, daughter just got into nursing at Boston College. So I was really kind of at that point where, you know, looking for the head job opportunity, the permanent head job. And it didn't happen. So I chose to do this. And um, it's been, an, you know, just an unbelievably, you know, successful year in terms of just learning. So I've watched so much film, synergy, games, um, and really was able to kind of take a step back and watch uh, without having to worry about the game plan or the next game that I was preparing for or helping prepare uh, while I was in college. And so um, you know, I'm pretty familiar with these teams and these in the, in the brackets. And look, the NCAA tournament is about matchups, and, and the matchups could be kind of defined in two ways. One, matchups in terms of style of play. When you look across and see who you're playing, you know that style of play might not be something you're too familiar with. And the second part of that is personnel. Um, you know, again, exploiting the matchups in terms of what your players might be able to take advantage of the opposition's players. So that, to me, is what makes the NCAA very unique in, in that, you know, it, it is about matchups in terms of style of play and personnel. But to answer your question, very familiar with most all of these teams and have seen quite a bit of games uh, film um, throughout the season. The Final Four, you know, the uh, I, I wrote about this this week. You know, I know folks see promotions. Heck, we're doing a promotion, right? You fill out the perfect bracket, you get a million bucks. No one's filling out the perfect bracket. I hate to break it to you guys. Uh, you'll see some numbers that say one in 9.2 quintillion. It's actually not accurate. That's if you just flipped a coin for every game. But if you know a little something about college hoops, your numbers improve a lot. But there's still one in 120.2 billion. So it's not happening. Uh, the unpredictability of it, right? The underdog mentality, the, the the just when it comes to hoops, right, Coach? Matchups. I mean, we talk a lot about it, but one team may have more talent on paper, but it's just a, quote, bad matchup. So the unpredictability of it, you know, I'll ask you some, some questions about some matchups, but 
I, I know, you know, you, you know about it more than I do. You've been in, you know, you've been in there. You've been in the foxhole. You've coached against a lot of these teams. You know a lot of these players and coaches, but it's still just so hard to predict the perfect bracket. So my, my first question to you about the bracket, Coach, is what game out of all of these do you think is the hardest to predict? Which one do you think opening round is the most unpredictable in your mind and why? Well, first of all, I think any time you have a – and, again, I'm going to talk specifically about one game that I've seen uh, right now. Typically, those eight, nine games are really hard to predict, to be honest, because, you know, the analytics say that those two teams are pretty even matched in terms of their, you know, body of work during the season. But in this year's bracket, i got to tell you, you know, when I'm looking at these games, I'm looking at a game right off the bat in the first round, Providence versus South Dakota State. And you would say to yourself in a seven-game series, uh, you know, Providence, Big East regular season champion. Um, you know, they've got transfers. They've got some experience. Nate Watson is one of the better bigs in the country at 6, what, 10, 250, 60 pounds. Um, and then you think South Dakota State from the Summit League. It's it's a, you know, a team that you would know, maybe not know a lot about, but when you really get into the game within the game uh, in that matchup, you really have, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. And I, and I say that because South Dakota state is a number one, three point field goal percentage team in the country. They play five guys who are all skill guys where kind of speaks to where the game is going today. All five guys can pass, dribble and shoot. For the most part, their guys have come up within the program, which means that they've, you know, there's a little bit more camaraderie. There's a little bit more of a chemistry continuity in terms of familiarity with one another. Um, and, you know, the fact that they've won 21 games in a row, um, you know, to me, it really makes a difficult matchup for Providence because most Power Five conferences, and I'll say the Big East is a Power Five in basketball, they play with those traditional big guys uh, at the five position, at the center spot. So a kid like Nate Watson is going to be chasing, you know, an undersized, I say undersized, six seven kid on the perimeter, um, you know, who can really shoot the three. Uh, and also he can catch on those long closeouts when they get him into those situations. He can also get the ball and drive right by you. So, and then he puts foul pressure and then you're in rotations. So I do think, um, again, the young man I'm talking about is Douglas, uh, you know, um, Wilson. Uh, for South Dakota State, you know, he's six seven kid. And, and then the kid, Baylor Shireman, uh, is another one of their front court guys. But I think that matchup doesn't, you know, on paper bode well for a, uh, a Power 5 conference team that's built to win in their league. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting uh, game to watch. Coach Scott Spinelli, our guest, uh, that one happening later today, Providence and South Dakota State. You're listening to The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, 1033 on the FM dial, 1420 on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. Uh, if you're listening to us via the stream, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market in the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. The road to the final four. Before I ask you your final four picks, Coach, what are what are a couple of other first-round matchups uh, you're intrigued by? Maybe, maybe here's a two-part question. What's one other matchup you're intrigued by? And then to follow up your point about South Dakota State, what is another potential Cinderella you see maybe advancing a little bit further into the tournament than their seed might suggest? 
Well, I'll start with the matchup first. I, I mean, Virginia Tech versus Texas uh, is going to be um, an interesting game. And, and what you have pretty much is a collision of two programs who have totally different philosophies as it relates to how they recruit. So starting with Tech, who just won the ACC tournament, best three-pointing shooting team in the ACC, uh, Coach Young, who left from a small school, Wolford, to come to Tech and brought a few of his players with him at the time. He has a lot of kids who are mid-major or kids that weren't the typical you know, four-star, five-star, highly regarded guys. But what, what he does have is he has very skilled players at every position, uh, kids who are familiar with him, his program, how he does things, how he wants to um, you know, play their identity on both ends. And so with mid-major experienced guys who are familiar with, with Coach Young and his system, whereas Texas, Coach Beard, physical, tough, hard-nosed defensive team, um, has a lot of five-star guys, four-star guys, transfers. And the talent level, you would think, in terms of the rankings, would favor Texas. But i got to tell you, that's going to be a fun, fun game to watch uh, in the opening round. And as it relates to a sleeper team, and I'm not sure how much of a sleeper team these guys are, but you've really got to keep an eye on St. Mary's, and I'll tell you why. They are, uh, for me as a coach, you love to see a, a program where they've got their top six players who have all come up with it, you know, and they've pretty much established their identity. They're a team that really defends. They're physical. Um, they, you know, they pressure the ball. They help one, one pass away. They're in two-pass positioning. And um, they're a team that already now on paper, Scott, played the number one overall seed, Gonzaga, because they're both in the West Coast Conference. And they held Gonzaga to 57 points and beat them by 10 points. Um, and the thing about Gonzaga is they're so explosive. They average around 87, you know, 88 points a game. So, you know, if St. Mary's plays to that, which I think they're going to, uh, they're going to be a team that's very, very dangerous as a sleeper team in the tournament. Yeah, I like them against Indiana. I like them potentially against UCLA or Akron in Portland. And then a potential matchup against Baylor is uh, is very intriguing. Coach Scott Spinelli, our guest. Coach, one more first-round game, then I'll get your final four picks. Um, LSU now without their head coach and assistant coach, uh, Will Wade fired with cause, uh, deservedly so. Um, assistant Armstrong gone as well. You know, now you got an interim coach. Now, LSU in the tournament a few years ago had an interim when, when Wade was temporarily suspended. What uh, Being an interim coach yourself last year at Boston College as a head coach, um, now it's tournament time. They're a 60. They're taking on Iowa State. What are some of, I guess, the dynamics of not having their head coach but a guy they're familiar with and – just preparation for the tournament when you don't have, you know, the staff you've had the whole season up until this point, which is honestly what they've been working for all year, right? Your mission is March, and, and here it is. Uh, their game, I think, is, is scheduled for tomorrow night, but it's right in front of them, and it's, um, I would say, their circumstances entering the tournament are unlike any of the other teams that are playing. Well, yeah, and I think to your point, Scott, I mean, this is a situation that just occurred, right? So being the interim head coach, and I didn't have a ton of time, you know, um, you know, when I got my first opportunity, we, had, we were coming off COVID, and I only had about a, you know, six-week uh, period. But in this situation here, you know, you feel for 
obviously what's gone on there. And the reason I say that is this, you know, coaching has changed, I think, at every level um, and in every sport. And, and here's why. To me, it's all about relationship-based coaching. And, you know, with what's gone on today in this world and society, look, one of the most important things is establishing trust and getting your players to want to play for you. And I believe that, again, you know, as a head coach, Coach, you know, Wade, obviously, now Coach Nickelberry, um, you know, these are kids who have trusted um, and who have been in a situation where, you know, look, there's relationships there. And I think it's hard for these kids to shift gears that quickly. With that said, um, you know, Coach Nickelberry, I know him. He's, you know, he's from the, the DMV. I mean, he's been a head coach. Um, you know, and I think if he can get, which I believe him to be able to do, get those guys to rally behind him and behind what's going on and play for one another, um, then I think LSU, again, you know, they're a dangerous team now. They're the number one team in the country with steals, and they force turnovers, and they're pressing that 2-2-1. Um, and, again, playing against an Iowa State team, um, you know, who's, you know, they're a very good defensive team uh, themselves. I mean, uh, you know, they, they actually are one of the top uh, three-point field goal percentage defensive teams, too, and they value and take care of the basketball. So I, I do believe this is a tough situation. Um, however, you know, I think Coach Nickelberry will get these guys to rally around this, uh, play for one another, um, and, and they got a tough challenge. Iowa State's a really good basketball team. Coach Scott Spinelli, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. All right, Coach, who do you have in the uh, in the Final Four, and and who do you think is going to win it all this year in New Orleans? Well, I'm going to start with the, the West because uh, I think there's an interesting story here developing there, and I'm going to kind of hopefully I don't take too much of your time. But, you know, Gonzaga and Duke are on a collision course, and, and obviously they both have to stay focused because either one of those teams, just like all these teams, if they look ahead, they will get beat. And so if they do collide, um, my take on Duke is this. They had a very, very emotional, you know, last two weeks of the season. I mean, that last game of the year at home, sending Coach K off, um, you know, last home game, uh, you think about these players, they're kids, and they're having to play with all the legendary Duke players. The whole world's watching. And I think the stage and the moment was a little big. And I think the emotional side of that kind of, you know, carried into the ACC tournament. Um, and they weren't themselves defensively. Even though they got to the championship game, they weren't themselves. To me, they, they went back home and they, you know, refocused on the defensive side of the ball where, you know, you could see defensively they had so many breakdowns that, you know, they're going to have to address. And I know that they were a much better defensive team prior to that Carolina game. I mean, their point of ball screen coverage was, was, wasn't good. But I, Duke is going to refocus. They've got a tremendously talented group. Um, and the one thing you made reference to why the NCAA tournament is so fun is this. You can never put a statistic or an analytical number on somebody's emotion and their will to win and their drive. And I honestly believe the pressure's off those kids. I think what happened to them is over. And I think they're going to dial in and look for Duke to make a deep, deep run. And, boy, what a game that would be with Duke and Gonzaga if they both get to that point. I like Duke to go pretty far in this tournament and possibly cut down the nets. Um, right. They're coming out of the west. In the east, I actually like Purdue um, and maybe a Purdue 
you know, St. Mary's game, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. But I think Purdue is complete. Um, Jaden Ivey's one of the best players in the, in the country. Um, I like them. Uh, in the South, you know, I think, look, you know, I'm rooting for Coach Lloyd, and the job he's done is incredible. Um, but Villanova is a team, if Gillespie continues to stay healthy, again, they're built within that program. Those kids have come up through the classes. Uh, Gillespie, uh, Justin Moore, they're very, very versatile. They can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, they win close games, and they've been there, done that. I like Villanova coming out of the South. In the Midwest, it's kind of, to me, I'm not sold really on anybody in particular, but if I had to choose somebody, I would probably take Auburn just because I think Kessler is such a difference maker in terms of a presence at the rim, and they've got a, uh, you know, a, a generational talent in Jabari Smith. All right, so you mentioned Duke earlier as far as uh, maybe liking him to win it all. Is that who you have cutting down the nets come April 4th? You know what? I do. I think it's, it's, I think I like a Duke and, and I'm not even sure they're on that. Uh, if they would play in the championship, I'd actually, I'd be playing the semis, but, um, I like Duke and or Villanova. Those are the two teams that I'm leaning towards, um, you know, winning it all. But again, um, I just think it's, it's, this is, the, this is how it's going to end for coach K, uh, Banchero, a gen, another generational talent. He's fantastic. Williams in the middle, if they get consistency from all those other guys, A.J. Griffin, those guys, they are going to be a very, very difficult team to beat in this tournament because of the drive and the will to win. Coach Scott Spinelli has been our guest, college coach, NBA coach. He's been a coach for over 30 years, played college hoops, and this year an analyst. But uh, looking at your future, Coach, do you anticipate getting back into in the basketball as a coach? Do you, I, I know you, you mentioned – you know, sitting back this year, enjoying it, having time with the family. But what do you see in your future? You know, it's funny. I, you know, this has been a, a year that really, um, you know, I love coaching. I miss it. Um, at the same time, I had some responsibilities here as a dad. And I've got children that were, you know, at that point where it really wasn't the time to pick them up and move to go be another assistant at a you know, high major program. And, you know, we had those chances. But um, this has been a godsend for me and my family and, and for me to be home for a year to really kind of dial into their lives and let them finish high school, let them get on with what, um, I mean, what my senior in high school is going for the state championship uh, on Friday night in basketball storybooks, uh, storybook um, year for him and my other son. And so it, it, and my daughter, it, it's been a great year for that. I, I think we're going to kind of take a step back here and see what the future brings. Obviously, I think the ultimate goal is, you know, to try to get my own chance here and, and maybe make a run at this thing um, if I can get the right opportunity. So we'll see how it ends up. But again, you know, um, really, really great year for my family. This is a tough thing when you're in coaching and you have a family. There's a commitment you have to make to your children, too. You don't just get up and do what you want. Um, and I had to take one on the chin for my family this year. Coach uh, Scott Spinelli has been our guest. Coach, I was, I was rooting for you uh, last year and really while you were at Boston College, you know, when I was younger, I rooted for some local teams, USL, now UL, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. I rooted for LSU basketball. Haven't really rooted for them the last four years, but now that Will Wade's gone, I'll, uh, I'll be rooting for him again. And, and I rooted for Boston College growing up. I mean, I, you know, Bill Curley and then the Donya Abrams teams. I mean, they were those teams when they got to the tournament. I was, I was rooting hard for the Golden Eagles, and I know they, they never made that deep run, but, you know, Curley was one of, uh, he was, 
just I remember being a, a young teenager marveling at that guy's skill set. Uh, Abrams as well. I mean, his I just remember that big physique he had, and those are some fun Boston College teams, man. I mean, I I, I know. I know a little history about Boston College hoops, and uh, and and I, I typically root for them. And so I was excited to get to interview you this morning, and I know you're excited about watching some hoops. So you know what, kick back today, coach. Maybe drink a few brass monkeys and uh, and enjoy some college basketball. Scott, I really enjoyed our time together. Thanks for having me. Okay, you got it, guys. Give him a follow on Twitter at coach underscore Spinelli. That is uh, Coach Scott Spinelli, who has been our guest here on ESPN Lafayette. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to shift gears from hoops to football. Trey Wingo is joining me next. We'll talk about the latest with Deshaun Watson, NFL free agency, the Saints, and, of course, Trey doing stuff with Caesar Sportsbook. Talk a little betting as it pertains to the NCAA tournament. It's all coming your way right here on The Great Scott Show. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. 